Welcome to Not Your Ordinary Parts, a podcast where we talk about hard things associated with the human experience with the goal of increasing awareness, growth, and healing. You may hear information from professionally licensed therapists, life coaches, healers, doctors, etc. This information is not medical advice or therapy and is not meant to replace actual therapy or instructions given by a doctor or personal therapist. I'm your host, Jalon Johnson. My guest today is Lindsay Lewis. Lindsay is a life coach and certified emotional freedom techniques, also known as tapping practitioner, who's been successfully coaching clients and helping them to equip themselves with self-discovery, acceptance, and self-growth. Lindsay believes that life throws many surprises at us, and while we cannot predict the outcome of any situation, we can take control of how we respond to certain situations, and emotional freedom techniques is a tool to help identify false beliefs and break free from the hold they have on you. So, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. I gave a, a brief introduction, but so that the audience can get to know you better, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Yep. I um, really, the the way I ended up here is not ordinary. I was lost kind of in a anxiety cycle, I would call it. Pretty anxious, uh, wound up. I knew, you know, I knew a lot of things, like I knew God, right? But I still was anxious and it didn't seem like anything within my reach was really solving that problem. Therapy wasn't something that was like a high priority in my family. I didn't know, I didn't think therapy was good or bad, um, I, but I didn't really know it was an option to talk to somebody outside of myself or my family. So just, you know, we don't reach for tools that we don't know are there. And I even ended up on medication for anxiety just because that was an option I did know about. And I felt worse. So um, when a friend of mine introduced me to tapping, I at first was just letting her practice her new weird kick that she was on. And she knew that I had really struggled for decades. I mean, um, I love people. I love being social, but if I went to a social gathering, like a wedding or a birthday party, I was crippled with anxiety. Um, it just didn't make any sense to me as like the person that I am. Uh, but that's how I felt. And I would oftentimes miss out on events because of it. And so when she said, let's just try this thing, you know, I had never heard of tapping and it's would be kind of like more on the like holistic whole body, um, Eastern medicine end of things like acupuncture, a lot of things also that depending on our culture, we might not have access to or really know about. And so I just did what she said because I trusted her and she had me tapping on my face. And I thought that was just totally weird, you know, and almost discredited it immediately because it looked so silly and it didn't make sense to me why we were doing this. And what was really weird about it, the weirdest thing was I actually didn't realize how long I had had those, you know, like the anxiety trembles. This. You know, if you've ever been anxious, even mm-hmm. once like that and my body calmed down and I felt calm. And that's when I realized how wound up I really was on a regular basis. And it was, it was like that anxiety fell off of me onto the floor and I was suddenly asking her a thousand questions 
because it probably took us four minutes for my body to neutralize. Um, so that was shocking. I knew that there was something to it. And so I asked a lot of questions and decided that, um, it was a little bit unfair that like God didn't answer my prayer to cure my anxiety, that this medication that doctors promise works didn't cure it, but the tapping on my face seemed to do something. Um, and it wasn't just in that moment I was with her, but as I walked away from tapping with her, it, it really held and life changed for me. So that's when I knew that there was a tool that people needed that people didn't know about. And I just didn't like my job anyway. Um, and so I just kind of bailed, went and tried to learn everything I could about tapping, why, why we don't hear about it, why we don't know about it, why it's not um, something that is being taught in schools for children and ended up um, really discovering that the science behind it is what makes it work. And the tapping is just how we access different pressure points, which is the same points that an acupuncturist is going to use with needles, only we don't need the needles. So I chased down certification like I needed to go save every single person in the world with this tool. And I thought I would be kind of like just, it still was kind of weird. So I was like, well, I don't really want people in, but if people are willing to tap with me, then, you know, I'll tap with them. And it, people were hungry. People were healing. We've got, we had anxiety, trauma, abuse, um, so many girls who had tried therapy and tried stuffing, you know, tried doing nothing about it, tried getting over it, tried medicating, self-medicating. And um, finally, for some reason, they felt like um, that issue was gone and resolved in a way that they never thought was possible. And so, you know, how people do is they tell their friends. So I didn't think that I would ever be full-time or more, but if I'm not careful, I could work I could work 80 hours a week with people who are ready to really handle the stuff that they know is there to handle or handle the stuff that they don't know is there to handle because part of the magic of tapping is it will sort out those things that we haven't been able to identify in ourselves. So I'm a mom, um, I'm a wife and I've got teenagers now, which is officially one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life is raise teenagers. And I can honestly say that um, continuing the use of tapping in my life is part of the reason why we got, yeah, I got through it sane. You know, you can get through a lot of things, but I was able to really pay attention to my kids, really handle the hard stuff and really not spiral. So it's a game changer. And now I just want it in every single person's hands who will receive it. Thank you for that. Um, that was awesome. Also, something you just said, you want it in every single person's hands who will receive it, right? And I think that for a lot of people, they can hear what you say about what it does and feel good, feel good about it. But then it might seem a little weird to start like, you know, tapping on your face. And people may think that it's a little weird or woo woo. Like, how, how do you combat that? And how do you really allow people to see what it does and how it can get someone unstuck. So what's interesting is that with this, we're really approaching the right here and the right now and how we feel. I think there's a negative association with therapy, which I used to disagree with the negative association with therapy. I always thought like therapy is good. Therapy is helpful. You know, 
if you haven't been raised by perfect parents in a perfect world, you probably could benefit from a licensed therapist who can offer you solutions you don't have. As time's gone on and as I dig into a more whole body approach, um, I have a different take on therapy. I think that finding outside support, like a life coach, you know, really good, solid tools like this and like you provide, but talk therapy in and of itself can actually rewire trauma while we talk about it. And it's not to diss any talk therapists who might be listening or the practice itself. I think that it's very powerful um, in the right hands, but because of the way that our subconscious works, it doesn't know sometimes if we're talking about a problem or if we're actually reliving that problem. So just by the act of talking about things sometimes actually amps us up and can send the wrong signal to our brain. What we, what we think we're doing by talking about it is sorting it out, trying to find a solution. But our subconscious wants to keep us safe from the problem and just talking about it sends a signal that we're not safe. So with modalities like tapping, we're grabbing right here, right now. We, we think of this, like go to therapy, have to talk about your whole life story because traditionally that's what it is. And that's fine. And it helps a lot of people with this. When I sit with someone, I don't care what their past is right away. I want to know right here, how are you feeling? So let's just think about right here, right now. And that question, if someone's listening and they're like, eh, I don't know, but like I'm listening and it sounds cool, but how would I really get the benefit? The cool thing is it starts working right away. So if I, if we were sitting together in a private session and you said, I think this is weird and I'm feeling really skeptical. If you were willing to tap through the points with me, I would actually have you start tapping through the points and just a, feel how that feels in your body that this seems weird. That's it. Right? So I like, does it still seem weird to you? And you'd be like, sure does. Okay. So that's how quick it is to apply. But what's actually happening when we're doing it is is what's making all the changes. So that's how quick it is to apply. Um, and I say that because you don't need to call a therapist, schedule with the therapist, find the right one, just start tapping or whatever approach feels best for you around tapping, which I'll give you some different approaches because any feeling that is one of stress. So doubt, anger, anxiety, that thing, that thing seems weird and I'm resisting it. Those are all stress related. Tapping's whole entire job is to grab your stress hormone while you're tapping and to calm it. And that's what we're doing. You're physically with the tapping, grabbing the stress hormone, calming it, letting the blood come back into your brain instead of wanting to like ignore it, avoid it, discredit it, reject it. And now your actual stress hormone in your body is down and your blood is in your actual brain. Very few people ever, you know, people who haven't tried something like this have never thought about stress with the blood in their brain. So what if you could have a problem, something stressing you out and actually have your brain to think clearly around it? And that's what it helps to do is gives you space and time to actually think clearly around an issue that has never felt clear before. 
on your own in your own home while nobody's looking and has no idea what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Um, It's my favorite part, right? Like, yes, people come to me for private sessions and we get some really deep work done, but this is something you can really play and practice with on your own to feel the benefit of. I was going to say, I think to understand how tapping works, you need to understand like what happens in the body when emotions are left Mm -hmm. unprocessed and can get stuck. And that can leave us with what's referred to as emotional baggage. Um, So let's start with what healthy emotional processing can look like. (laughs) Well, how do you process things healthy, healthily? Well, I haven't always done it, but I'm I'm getting to a point now where I'm able to understand that maybe I'm being triggered or that um, a feeling or emotion is causing me to react a certain way. So instead of allowing the emotion or the feeling to have control, I kind of take a a step back in the moment, understand what's happening and then try and separate myself from what's going on. Yeah. So there's a very fine line for us and our brains when we think about reacting or responding. Think about, you know, a person who gets really angry and is quick to anger Uh, they get angry and then there's that big reaction. Something like tapping, because you have to start somewhere. You can even just start with your breath. If you notice you're starting to get angry and you can actually catch yourself, take a deep breath, walk away, apply something like tapping, what you're really doing, that's like, that's on the front end, right? When you realize "Hmm, this anger might be a problem, I wonder if there's a way to resolve it. Usually if we've never resolved a big problem like that, we don't think there's a way, but for anybody who's willing to consider that there's a way to not feel that anymore, it's all about creating space between the moment you realize there's a stressor, a trigger, an anger and actually reacting. So what we're doing, what a healthy way to cope, because health, health, people who are regulated, like emotionally regulated in a healthy way, maybe like you and I are, um, we get angry, right? We get anxious. We have self-doubt. We still deal with human feelings because we're humans, but when they show up, we notice them. Mm. And then we use a tool to learn more about them. And the more we learn, the more empowered we are to actually be in control of those feelings instead of let them be in control of us. So when they come up, we can pause. That pause is much easier. We can take that deep breath and we can actually respond maybe in a more gentle way than yelling. So how does tapping facilitate that process, right? Scientifically and in the body. Uh, A trigger, I I have a hard time with the word trigger because I think sometimes it's overused, but a trigger really is just kind of a, like a reminder in your body, something your subconscious has logged as like, "Mm, that person doesn't like, you don't like that. They don't, we don't like that. So when something else looks, acts, or feels similar, we react. That's kind of a trigger when people say, I feel triggered, right? Or, or you could say, I feel really reactive. What's actually happening is 
the, the good news is for people who don't know what their problem is, maybe don't think they have a problem, but are curious, the subconscious is running about 85% of the show. So that means that nobody's alone in how they feel. If you have feelings, it just means you're not a sociopath, which is good news. So we all have these feelings and our subconscious's job isn't to regulate them. And that's the bummer. The subconscious wants to just keep us safe from dying. So let's use um, anger for an as an example, because we kind of already talked about it. And let's say, you know, when you were just a little guy, you were playing, having fun on the playground and some big mean bully came up to you and pushed you and knocked you down and said mean things to you. And it made you really angry. You were like, ah, right? Like angry. If that event hadn't happened, you would have just continued on with who you are, but you were safe right? Like we all have this period of life where we're going through life and we're safe. And then something big happened, something erupted and something stopped your little system. And you felt anything. We'll say it was anger, but you could have felt anxious or sad or whatever. And in that moment, your subconscious wants to prevent that exact thing from ever happening again. And so it logs everything that it can see and hear and feel in that moment. And you move on with life. And then maybe mom says something one day or dad says something or a friend says something and it's just out of the blue in your life. And instead of maybe just like calmly saying, hey, that upsets me, now you explode. And when we explode, we feel guilty afterwards. There's a whole letdown that comes like, man, why did I explode like that? Like it wasn't that big of a deal. And it's because your subconscious saw that new event as the old event that made you angry. It's just connecting the feeling in your body with an old event. And so over time, it collects all the information from every single scene in your life that made you angry just to protect you from from feeling that way again. But what's happening is your anger is actually kind of like a snowball. It's like rolling and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That Those are our big reactions. Once our reactions get so big, we don't know what to do with them. We don't know how to control them. They're controlling us. So tapping gives us a tool to create space for curiosity. That's it. We're not saying I have to get rid of that anger or I'm bad for that anger or something's wrong with me. We just have to be willing to be curious. So actual tapping, okay, we start on the side of our hand with the tapping and it's always okay to tap or just press and hold. It's, it's up to the person using the tool. There's times I press and hold. This is actually a pressure point an acupuncture point that is connected to your whole system and connected to the fight or flight part of your brain. So when you're a big, angry, reactive person, or you could replace it with whatever, anxious, self-doubt, whatever, when you're in a situation that looks, acts, or feels like something old, whether you know it or not, your fight or flight's tripped. That's when we run, hide, freeze, drink, smoke, 
go have sex, whatever it is that we're like, I hate this feeling. It feels really bad. I have to escape it. And we cope with it. When we're tapping on the side of our hand with tapping, what we're doing is actually allowing something to take place that's called psychological reversal. And whether someone really wants to talk about the problem or not, or just feel the problem, it it's, doesn't matter. It's not talk therapy. No one really has to talk to me about anything in our sessions. I just need to know that they are focusing in on a big feeling. And what we're doing is we're saying to our subconscious, hey, normally when someone talks to me that way, I get really angry and I react really big. But right now, none of those past events in my life are actually happening subconscious. Okay. This is the first time a lot of people have ever actually spoken to their subconscious and, and told it like, it's, we don't know. It's a, it's a thing. We don't even know our subconscious is in control. That's why we use this point. You'll always see people use this point with tapping to start, um, at least in a private session. So now what we're doing is we're saying, Hey, I want to address this anger. I want to be curious. And my subconscious doesn't need to tell me to run or hide right now. I'm perfectly safe here to just sit with whatever this is. Then we continue through with the actual tapping points. They're on your face and your body. Okay. I'm showing them too. You can tap them or you can just gently press and hold them. And there's also finger points, which is really cool. If you want to, um, get some stuff filed, but you're in public and you don't want people to watch you tapping on your face, you can use, um, tapping points on your fingers. This is great for when you're at work at your desk. When we're tapping through the points, the most important part is just to feel the feeling that made you tap in the first place. And that's it. Nobody's talking to you about it. Nobody's saying, well, you know, it's not good to get angry, right? You know, you shouldn't lash out. This is not a place of judgment. This isn't a place where someone's giving you advice. This isn't even a place where you're trying to talk yourself out of something. You're actually feeling it. And a lot of the time you're just kind of talking to yourself about it, man, it really makes me mad when my mom talks to me in that tone of voice, or it really pissed me off when my friend borrowed that thing and they promised they'd return it and they didn't, you know, it really makes me mad when, and that's all you're doing. As long as you're tapping while you're addressing this big feeling, that's the work getting done. That's it because of the way it works. You're sending a signal. Every one of these points is connected to emotions. Every one of these points is connected to a system and an organ in your body that matters. Because if you look at Eastern medicine that has been ahead of the game for centuries, our emotions are stored in our organs and our systems. So when we're addressing those negative or uncomfortable emotions, we're sending these signals into our system that it's safe to relax even while thinking about this highly charged, heavy, upsetting thing, your subconscious relaxes, your fight or flight calms down. Um, your blood pressure lowers the DHEA in your body goes up. We love DHEA oxytocin boosts, serotonin boosts, dopamine boosts. So we have all these good feelings and good things we want that now are actually coming back online. And then the hard and the uncomfortable things are being addressed in a, a safe way now, instead of a way that's triggering. So once you kind of, it, it's different every, every tap, how long you tap is different, but you really 
can learn a lot about your anger and what it's telling you just while you're doing that. And oftentimes you get to just take a nice deep breath, get up, walk away. You didn't react out of your big anger. And not, not only that, but all the good feelings are felt because now you felt in control of your anger. You didn't react really big to somebody causing you to feel guilty later. So we're doing this in the moment, but when you get up and you walk away, that's where all the results actually start to fall upon you and you start to notice them. So a big reactive client who is big and reactive every single day, we could sit together one time and I could see her in a week and she didn't, she didn't big react one time because we sent a signal to her brain. She doesn't need to react that big anymore. All of those old events are taken care of now. Wow. That sounds incredible. That I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it almost sounds too good to be true, um, which I know it's not. But so another question I wanted to ask before I moved on to that was how can emotions get stuck in the body in the first place? I think that that comes, I, I know that comes down to that moment where you went from feeling safe, um, whether it was as a child and then something uh, inflicted a feeling of not safe. So I explain all the science because it, it matters. Like we really want to know why this is happening, but the math equation is, equation is easy. I felt good and safe and I felt like myself. And then something told me, it wasn't safe to be me, or it wasn't safe to be in that spot or in that position. It wasn't safe to do that thing. That, that feeling, like we can all think of it. The first time you felt really anxious or the first time you felt really scared, you know, that first time that something felt like shocking, that is it getting stuck. Did you ask how it gets stuck or how to get it unstuck? How can emotions get stuck? Yeah. So that's exactly how it is. Because, because remember that, that kid that pushed you down and you got angry that it got stuck right there. Mm. It got stuck right there because you were so angry and your body's whole entire job is just to tell you, don't go around that kid anymore. Don't ever go around him and you'll be safe. That's not true. You have to go around that kid every single day for school now but your body doesn't feel safe around him. So if kids in school were tapping, you'd be able to clear out that anger that day, move on, see the kid. No, he's not safe, but walk away. There's a big difference between what we know and what we feel. And a lot of the time we might know what we need to do or might know the right thing, but it doesn't feel like we can do it. And a tool like this, does feel too good to be true. And I, I, it is too good to be true. And I think that in a world where we have so many pills and so many tips and so many tricks and no sort shortage of information, if you are stuck emotionally and don't even know why, and you just start gently applying pressure or tapping and breathing, you start to learn things about your, the hardest thing that any human can do is learn themselves and understand themselves. It really is one of the most powerful things in the world. It's accessible to everybody all the time. And that's how you in those moments can go back to old memories that, wow, that made me really angry or that made me really anxious or that was really frustrating. And it delete, it kind of removes that whole negative, like going to therapy and talking about your problems. Just sit with yourself. Think about a problem that 
upset you in life, tap while you think about it. It will move every single time. And you're never going to have to go back to it again. You're never going to feel the same about it again. Is it possible to have a conversation about trapped emotions or um, bad feelings without considering that they could have stemmed from trauma? Yeah, I I think that um, I would say age 17 and under anything that you experienced 17 and under that was um, disappointing could be really held up in our, in your body. And it's different than what we think it might be. And I think that's why people are so scared to go back to their past or talk about it is because one, sometimes talking about it does make it feel like it's too big to handle. And two, because we don't really know what the problem is sometimes. So it's hard to search for something that your subconscious is actually protecting you from. And when we're sending that signal to your fight or flight to relax and putting you back in control and allowing the blood to flow into your brain, you, um, it's, it's actually really fun. I, I always tell people I'm excited for you until you are excited for you because it's like a discovery process of your whole life's puzzle. And you're finding all these pieces you didn't know were missing. And when you're in that state of mind, it's, it's sometimes it's kind of like a meditative state your subconscious starts releasing this information. Oh, and there was that one time you were angry and there was that one time someone made you angry and there was that other time. And the things that come up are usually not those big, scary things that we think we don't, we don't want to go look at again. We don't want to admit her there. It's usually things that people will say like, Oh, that, that doesn't make any sense. Or like, it wasn't really that big of a deal. It's actually really it's small things to our adult brain that were really big things to our child brain. As a child, they were a big deal. As an adult, we're just looking back with hindsight being 2020, knowing how it worked out, full-blown gaslighting ourselves that it wasn't a problem. So when we get to go back and acknowledge those feelings, kind of imagining the age that we really were, we can really unhook them. It's funny how you said that because, yeah, I think that was a a great um, word picture that you gave for dealing with problems that our adult brain sees as nothing. But when we were kids, they were huge. Mm -hmm. So if we if we never went back and addressed that huge problem for little me or little you, it's still going to be stored in our in our body as a big problem. So Absolutely. finding out a way to get rid of it or process it is important. It is important because it means that something that we're looking at as an adult saying that wasn't a big deal, that little thing we're saying was no big deal is creating anger issues. It's creating anxiety. It's creating who knows what, because if it seems like it was really small, but it, it was big to that little person, it just keeps getting bigger. It, this is what PTSD is. PTSD is 
a war vet hearing fireworks. And every time they hear fireworks, they're more and more reactive. They don't get better the more fireworks. They know the fireworks are uh, fireworks. They know the fireworks aren't gunshots. They react in their body as if it's gunshots. That's why like we're really gaslighting ourselves. Like don't tell yourself like it's no big deal. Like there are things that were really big deals. And when you when these war vets are going back to those gunshots in a safe environment and tapping, they're pulling out of that PTSD. They've I mean they've been in therapy or whatever for 20 years. They use tapping and they pull up and out of it. Firework never bothers them again. It really is a too good to be too true tool for people. It's amazing. Um, where do we feel different emotions in the body and how are emotions in the nervous system connected? So that's a really good question. Every body is different. So everybody's different. Everybody's experience is different, but every body is different too. I sit with a lot of people and I would say that when you feel like, think about when you feel sad, right? Like you can almost like feel like if you really check in with being sad, there's this like, ugh, like a deflated and some people really do feel it kind of like in their heart area. Uh, when people feel anxious or like offended by something, you might like feel that like sick to your stomach pit in your stomach type feeling. I've got clients whose arms and legs will tingle the whole time we're working through something. And once it's resolved, their arms and legs stop, stop tingling. I think that my, um, one of the biggest, most across the board feelings is headaches and headaches are interesting because we attribute them to like, it's just a headache. Everyone gets headaches. I mean, don't quote me on the percentages. Cause I don't actually log all my every client I've ever sat with and every headache I've ever worked on, I would say 90% of headaches are actually an emotional conflict, but you're feeling it in your head. And it, it really is because of the way your nervous system works. And there's, so if, if we were to look at that headache as being caused by an emotion, how, like why the thing is because our bodies do want to save us. They do want to keep us safe. They do want to protect us. That's why our subconscious keeps locking down on things and hiding them from us. Remember? Mm -hmm. So when you feel conflicted, feelings of conflict are almost always behind a headache. And it has to do with seeing something outside of you that's not going the way that you want it to go. So most people can connect with like COVID season. We were all watching, right? Watching the news or watching social media or watching how people in public were react, you know, reacting to things. And then it caused an internal conflict for us of what am I supposed to think about this? Or what am I supposed to do about this? Do I quit my job? Do I keep, there was a lot of conflict for people during that time. And whatever that is in there, in your nervous system, think about like when we're thinking that hard, that's a brain problem. 
we're thinking really hard. And so people who believe in the chakra system, I mean, the chakra systems have proven it by science now, but it's oftentimes in like yoga or like Reiki, like woo woo type, you know, energy, energy, energy medicine, which is great because it's a real system that God gave us. Um, and when we're tapping, we, we are accessing that system. But um, when you're thinking that hard about conflicts over there and wanting to fix it and conflicts here, that'll give anybody a headache. You're, you're getting so stressed out that you're, you're pulling the blood from your thinking brain that you're using and pushing that blood into your arms and legs so you can run from the problem or hide from the problem or drink through the problem. Why wouldn't that cause a headache? You know, so everybody is different. Um, but those actual feelings are usually like heavy in our chest, mm. right? Like when someone needs to speak up and like use their voice and set a boundary, their throat might feel it because it, it's like their voice is stuck and it sounds crazy. And I thought it was crazy eight years ago. And now I see it every day. It's not crazy. It's how our bodies were built. And the cool thing is we start to feel that feeling and we think it's bad and we want to stop feeling it. That's your body giving like, here's some information. Every time you have a headache, instead of popping a Motrin, why don't you stop and ask yourself what you're conf feeling conflicted over? So that's that pause that we practice. Now, if you have a headache and you go, oh, what's my body trying to tell me right now? Am I feeling conflicted? And if you can stop and really think about any conflict you're feeling, guarantee every time you're going to find it. Now you can actually resolve the conflict and your headache's going to go away because your body was just telling you to resolve something. So what anxiety is anxiety and it's real true. God-given form is just like a little boost of like adrenaline to help you take action on something you need to take action on. But then anxiety in its worst form is when everything feels out of control and you need to do all the things on your to-do list, like right this second. It's because your body is like, go, 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 do it, do it, do it. And you can't do all of it. So for me, once I resolved decades of anxiety and then I felt anxious again one day, there was that moment where I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to feel anxious. I'm an anxiety specialist. I already resolved this. There's, there's no reason I should feel anxious anymore. But I stopped, I thought about it, and I realized it was actually real anxiety that was reminding me that there was a bill I hadn't paid that was really important. But I had to sit and listen to the anxiety and ask, like, what are you trying to tell me right now? Instead of turning on myself and thinking something's wrong with you, why are you anxious? Why does my body feel this way? And that's actually one of the miracles in tapping is that it brings us back to ourself. And I know that sounds really cliche, but nobody can do the work for us. Like we can, someone can facilitate a process for us. Nobody can get to know us for us. Um, but to start listening to your body and instead of getting mad at what it's feeling and really ask, like, what are you trying to tell me? You get to know what it's been trying to tell you this whole time. And now you and your, your mind and your body are actually reconnecting that all of that right there you're going to naturally be a emotionally regulated person because you just got to know yourself mm. and your oh. fight, fight or fight's not in control anymore. Cause you already told it like, we're not, you don't need to do that anymore. And you resolved it. Okay. So we've talked about tapping a lot and I think the science and how it works, you've given a great explanation of, of how and why. 
So now I wanted to give you an opportunity to display a tapping session. Um, so can you can you demonstrate, like if someone wanted to get unstuck, what would be a typical tap and where? All right. So a typical tap are emotional, like an emotional focus. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're asking? So, yes. well, anxiety is like my go-to because that's really where I had my breakthrough. And um, if I was leading somebody through tapping, it would look a little bit different. Okay. And if I was trying to help you feel confident in addressing your anxiety with tapping, it it would be different for you to do it at home on your own. And so that's how I'm going to tap you through it. Okay. Okay. Because it's, it's going to be more accessible. So I would want you to notice, you know, I always say like, even just close your eyes and really feel like, you know, that anxiety, anxiety pops up in your day and you think to yourself, I could see if that weird tapping thing works for this, or I could just let it get worse. And so you think like, I'm just going to see if, if something, this weird tapping thing will help. And you just feel it. And for everyone, it's different, but anxiety does have a, a tendency to kind of catch itself like in the chest or in the stomach or in the hands. Can you access any anxiety right now? Just talking about it. Um. Really Even thinking about your day ahead. Make something up. Make something up okay. that you could feel anxious about later. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I get anxious every time I go to record. Every single time. Because... Okay, so before this. <laughs> right. I say to myself, I want this to be perfect. I want somebody to be able to listen to this and benefit from it or watch this and, you know, feel like they didn't waste a half, a half an hour or an hour of their time and that it was something that they were really able to take something away from. And that is something that I struggle with because I, I want my offering to the world to be of value. So your words and your feelings are all you ever need. And a lot of people get tripped up with not knowing what words to use because they've seen tapping videos or they've watched me tap and they're like, well, you were talking. I didn't know what words to use. We're only ever using your feelings. So I would have you just start tapping on this point. And this is going to, are you going to tap with me? Sure. Okay. So start tapping on this point because this is, if you just imagine you're by yourself at home and you're about to record outside your eye, this is, this is another point. And you're thinking, I wonder if that tapping thing would help me feel less anxious about this. And under your eye is another point. And you actually just talk to yourself. You're just thinking. That's it. 
And here's your thoughts. I'm using words to communicate with you, but these are probably your thoughts. And so this is how you would be just tapping through your points and feeling the anxiety. Okay. I have to record this episode. I get to record another episode. I'm so excited about the guest I have, but I'm really anxious. I get anxious every single time I go to record. Okay. And your breath is actually really important. Water is also important to tapping because we are energy. Um, I really care about this podcast. I really care about every single person that might listen to it. I care so much about getting amazing tools into people's hands so that they can break free and thrive and really know themselves and feel safe in this world like I do now. But then there's this part of me that is nervous that someone will feel like it was a waste of their time. And when I think about putting all this time and effort into recording and I imagine somebody feeling like it was a waste, I can feel it, you know, right here in my, my body, wherever you feel it, where do you usually feel it? My chest. And yeah, so I can feel it in here in my chest. And so you're, what you're doing is you're just feeling it. Yeah. Feeling this anxiety in my chest and you tap under your arm and if, I think it's really okay to even say, like, I'm safe right here. Like, I'm safe to feel this anxiety. This anxiety is is my body's way of talking to me. And Or Lindsay said, this anxiety is my body's way of talking to me, but I kind of just feel like my body is out of control. And feeling this anxiety in my stomach, it just feels really out of control right now. And I'm just nervous to record. There. And that's going to be the very best thing anybody can ever do is catch that feeling. Oh, here I am anxious again. Do I have a couple minutes? I can just tap and breathe and see what happens. If the tap, if you're not ready to tap, you know, if someone's not ready to tap, um, just pressing and holding this one point under your eye is going to be very powerful. So feeling the anxiety in my chest, just thinking about recording is something that you can always do to practice tapping. Did that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And what will happen if you try it while you're anxious is your stress hormone, it's called cortisol. It is actually dropping physically in your body. And the blood really is coming to your brain. And the cool thing is, is the results with tapping aren't just softening the anxiety. You don't want to get through life just with no anxiety. Like you want to get through life being excited about your podcast, being excited about recording, feeling confident in it. So if you were to like tell a friend, I get anxious every single time I go to record, what's a friend say? They're like, oh, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. It's great. Right. Think about all the advice we get from people. Remember, that's what we know. Like, you know, it's great you know, it'll be fine, but you feel anxious after you, if you really stick with that just for a couple minutes, you don't have to tell yourself it's fine. It's going to be great. Everybody's going to like, this isn't, we're not like, we're not gaslighting ourselves. We're really like, Oh, like, what is this? 
after you get that cortisol down and that blood in your brain, you'll, you'll have a light bulb moment. And that's what you get excited about. I say, get excited because if you stick to this, you're going to start having these light bulb moments and these realizations. And that's when all the positive things that someone might tell you or all those positive affirmations, you're like gripping tight to, but they don't feel very good. You're like, you know what? This is just what I want to do for people. And if only one person listens for the length of that episode, then that person's life might be changed. And it matters to me to do this, whether one life is changed or 1200 lives are changed. And that's the truth. So now I'm feeling less anxious and I'm feeling more reminded of who I am and why I'm doing this. And I'm going to record this episode like it's for one person because that one person matters. So there's really cool stuff that comes up and pushes that anxiety out. That's true. And it's, and makes you feel more empowered. Like it's like the cliches are kind of crazy, but like you kind of walk away feeling like, why was I feeling so anxious? This is right where I'm supposed to be. It's just a gift to yourself to actually stand in all the BS advice people usually give us. It's true, but we can't grab it. So what would you do for, let's say, for instance, you mentioned that you had a bill that you realized was making you anxious. How would you tap yourself out of that anxiety once you realized what it was? Well, so actually I paid the bill <laughs> and I wasn't anxious anymore. <laughs> right. Oh. So like I, you don't, yeah. <laughs> like the, the, tr the trick is sit in it, figure out what's going on, take action properly. Mm. So, um, but let's say you get anxious or what, what's our, what is it? Our focus? Anxious? Did we just do anxious? Yeah. Um, give me a different topic. Okay. Let's do we just did anxiety, right? Okay. Let's say someone has a loved one that they just lost and they're okay. grieving. Okay. Grief is so messy that we already have a hard time understanding what we're feeling, what to do with it. And grief is one of the hardest things. And it's because sometimes it shows up as sadness, anxiety, anger, frustration, eat, drink. And I think that grieving is something that just needs time and, and to, to really honor that grief to me feels a lot like pressing that point again. And just acknowledging that loss, right? Think about how fast paced anxiety, I'm anxious or I'm angry. Or I'm but think about grief and like sadness to me is like a, like a heaviness. I think if I was grieving, I would actually use that. Like, just like really like pressing those points, you know, you can tap or, or press and think about the person you lost. That's it. Don't overthink it. Miss the hell out of them. Because mm -hmm. that's the that's the problem is that there's somebody you love and they were in front of you and they're not in front of you anymore. And to really sit and just remember. Because now it's less like that anxiety was like an inward 
rushing of yourself, something you need to do. And this is a, another person is very involved and there's a person that you're thinking of and there's a person you're missing. So I would really, you know, think of them, remember them and feel it in your body. And it might feel really heavy, but that heaviness is kind of a, like an, like honoring them because what would, what kind of person would you be if you didn't feel a heaviness at the loss of someone you love? What kind of person would you be if you acted like it was no big deal and it's no big deal. It's fine. People die, whatever. No, like I think that the, the greatest thing we can do when there's someone we love who we've lost is, is honor them. And by taking that time to really grieve that loss for ourselves and that loss of them, we're, we're loving ourselves in a way that nobody else can and, and honoring that person. So in that case with something so big and heavy, nice, clean breaths, tapping, pressing and holding those points and really giving yourself permission to feel whatever comes up. The really the only way for this to backfire is if you're feeling something pretty big and pretty heavy and you decide to just walk away. Why, why leave it at the heaviest point? Like that's, that's your breakthrough. You know, if you really just sit with yourself and feel it and breathe, it's going to move and you're going to be lighter today because of it. You're going to be lighter tomorrow because of it. And here's some encouragement to, to use this on grief. We're like sponges. So we soak up, um, fear, anxiety, worry, like all these things. When we're tapping, it's like, we're wringing that sponge out of all that stuff. And now there's room for all of the things that we really want. So we want, you want to feel excited about your podcast, but you feel anxious when you tap, you're wringing out the anxiety, your sponge can now be dipped in the excitement. And now there's room in your sponge for that excitement to fill up the sponge, right? With grief, grief is a lot of anger, sadness, frustration, kind of heavy feelings. You know, if you can move through grief and empty out that sponge now, there's room in your sponge or in your person for memories, really sweet memories of you with that person, which is the whole reason you're grieving them anyway. Right. But I would rather not feel sad and angry and bitter forever. I would rather actually have thinking when I think of them, I'd rather think of the positive and the good times and the things that made me love them and miss them. And that's, that's what tapping helps to facilitate again, is the cliche where you're grieving and somebody else might say, just try to focus on all of the special times you've had with them. We don't need advice like that. There's no room for it in a full sponge. But if you can empty that sponge out of that grief by honoring the sadness and and the sorrow, the cool thing is, is people have so many memories of that person that they didn't have before because there's room for them to show up now. There's always something exciting, no matter how heavy, heavy the feeling is. I would have never thought about that sponge analogy, but it makes sense that as you move through the heaviness and allow it to process, you do make room for other things. So 
that was amazing advice. Ian, and I think it's because we all want to feel good. Hmm. Ask anybody. You want to feel good. You want to be successful. You want to be happy. You want to be motivated. I don't know. You want to work out. Like the things that we want as humans are genuinely, generally pretty great. But what's stopping you from those things? Everything's stopping you. Those are things to tap on. Those are things to feel and acknowledge. Those are things to get curious about and that get that emptied, get that all out of there. And now all of the stuff you really wanted that's really good and cool and fun has a place to land. Now it's accessible and you can do it. So it's like a hack. (laughs) Doesn't, it doesn't mean anything's wrong with like, like, oh, you're grieving or you're anxious and like, you know, like nothing's wrong with you. That means you're not a sociopath and you're, you're just suffering from the human experience. That's it. Like nobody's so special that their feelings are any different than anybody. We all anxiety in your body is the same as mine. Anger in your body is the same as mine. So we can either ignore it and act like we don't have feelings, which really isn't that cool. Or we can say, I'm going to get curious about whatever this is. Try this weird tapping thing, wring out some of that sponge and see if there might be something on the other side. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Wow. So let me ask you this. If you could use your platform to encourage someone who may be struggling with feeling stuck or um, is just learning about tapping and wants to be more curious about it, what would you say to them? I would say to them, try it. Like be intentional. Um, Be intentional to apply it in your life, like you make time to eat or you make time to work out or you make time for your hobbies, just set some time aside, like 25 minutes and practice it on things that feel small at first. You know, like for you, you're like, every time I go to record, I feel anxious, you know, just practice it on something small that is something that you would really know if it changed. Every time I think about doing laundry, I get like, okay, so then just next time before you do laundry, sit, think about doing laundry and how much you hate it and tap until something moves. See if doing laundry feels lighter next time. Just really sit and feel the feeling and tap and talk to yourself in your head about everything. Just all the things you would never say to another person either. That's the fun part is it's, you get to like really complain and really vent and really be a brat, but you, but you're going to feel better afterwards and you're gonna have a solution afterwards. There's no shortage of resources out there, um, of tapping videos, lots of tapping videos to tap along with on YouTube. So if somebody feels more comfortable, like pushing play and tapping along tons of videos out there, um, and such an, a, you know, I didn't feel like there was a need for them, but I'm learning a lot of my clients want to tap along with me and my voice. So that's something I've been working on is, is getting some courses going so that people who are curious, but maybe want to keep their work a little private to themselves can just click play and tap along and breathe to a certain topic. There's no shortage of information out there, but the best you can do is feel a feeling, tap through it breathe 
and then be curious what changes around that exact thing. Okay. All right, Lindsay. Well, thank you so much for this. Um, your advice has been stellar. Um, we even got a, a tapping session so that somebody can see what to do if they don't know. Um, if someone yep. wanted to find you online or on social media, where can they find you at? I think the Instagram's where I'm most present right now, tapping underscore unstuck. And do you have a place to add some information? Because you could always add my email address or something yeah, too. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I just want every single person to know their potential, to know that they, there's so much of us that gets buried in those, those younger years and our, you know, those adolescent years where we make stupid mistakes and hurt ourselves. And then we kind of like, you know, spiral every single one of those things can guide us and teach us if we really let it. And this is a catalyst when you don't know what to do and you don't know who to talk to and you don't know who to ask and you don't know what advice to take, come back to yourself, sit with yourself, stay curious. And you're going to really find some cool answers and some really neat breakthrough. And I, I always encourage for the bigger, heavier stuff, hire a, a practitioner like myself. We're not licensed therapists. We are tapping practitioners. We're, you know, generally not offering advice, telling anyone what to do. We're just kind of like guiding you with what you're focusing on and how you're tapping um, to really make sure that we are staying on track and digging deeper. So really for the big work, you know, consider reaching out to somebody at some point, but in the meantime, the day-to-day -day stuff for sure, it can make some huge, huge headway on. Um, and I would be excited to know that we linked arms and your podcast is for somebody. And if one person just starts feeling their feeling while they tap and breathing in their bedroom in private, it's going to set them apart and just break them free from things that they didn't even know were holding them back. And we're not supposed to know it's our, it's our subconscious's job to keep us kind of, kind of hidden from ourselves, but, but we can be refound. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want yep. to say thank you for your time. Um, thank you for agreeing to do this with me. Thank you for providing tools. Um, I know we were going back and forth for a bit, but we got it. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to. You were, you did a great job at facilitating this process and I'm so grateful that you did it. <laughs> yeah. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for doing what you do to thank you for doing what you do to get powerful tools into people's hands. Cause we don't know what we don't know. And I think that there's a, a tool for everyone. I agree. All right. Well, again, thank you yeah. for your time. Thank you for what you do, how you do it, and for who you are. Thank you.